Good evening, wool gatherers and wanderers, too, I suppose. Welcome to episode 137 of Wanderings and Wool Gathering. On tonight's episode, we are digging into Bob Dylan's It's All Right, Ma, I'm Only Bleeding. A few other songs that uh, we've picked to talk about this week, a few comics type things, and I might grump, get grumpy about something. We'll see. If you like what you see and hear tonight, make sure that you like, subscribe, and leave a comment. And feel free to share this with your friends. And tonight's episode is brought to you by the Kokomo Lantern, a journalistic endeavor focused upon the simple principles of illuminating the good and eliminating the shadows in our local community. To get all that awesome content, you just need to go on over to kokomolantern.substack.com. Great people over there, great writing, doing some excellent work for the city of Kokomo. And joining me tonight is the ever-popular Mr. Metalhead Mundy. Step inside into his mind, his boy and time, it's Metalhead Mundy. Where are you, Mundy? Where are you? Where are you, Mundy? Oh, there he is. Somebody has to add me to the show, so. I know. <laughs> Our production manager was a little slow on the uptake, so. Seriously, you gotta fire that dude. He sucks. I'm going to get a plug-in for Sistine real fast. <laughs> you can't see it. Can you see it now? Uh, kind of. Sunshine on my shoulders makes me happy. Aww. Yes, it won't be long before I get a comment, I'm sure. Here it is! <laughs> Here it is! Are we ready? <laughs> um, to make her mad, I always say Bob Denver. <laughs> Instead of because <Jim laughs> everybody likes Gilligan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yes, it does make me happy. Welcome. Thank you. To, thank you. You ready to talk tonight? Yeah, let's get into some something, some trouble, some fun, some whatever we can find. Yeah, and I'm gonna stump you tonight too. Oh, cool! I wasn't expecting that. I expect to get into some trouble tonight. So. <laughs> of course. And I'm going to screw this up because there are so many songs and things inserted that I'm going to miss one accidentally. But <laughs> before I do that, I've got to get a little bit grumpy. Uh, Super Bowl halftime shows. Okay. So for the past, I think I looked them up earlier. And every one of them going back to The Who, which I can't remember exactly what year, it's just been a pop star, essentially. And so every year, that's who gets the stage and gets to do the big performance. I thought last night's performance was, while the visuals were kind of cool with those platforms yeah. rising and falling, song choices were kind of lame. It felt like she was lipping half the time. Mm -hmm. It didn't kind of elevate until Umbrella. Um, so my, my, I guess my question is, I get it, like the Grammys and those kind of things. They don't put, like when they're a rock performer performs at the Grammys, they do it before they air it. So nobody yeah. ever gets to see the light, right? And so yeah, it's like the the medal award, the the only one I care about. I don't think they mm -hmm. even televise that one anymore. So yeah, well, I saw a thing. You know, Ghost performed, yeah. but they're not performing on the eight to eleven o'clock hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, and I so the, the demographic probably is better for pop music during that time period. But you cannot tell me that forty 
to 65-year-olds are not watching the Super Bowl as much as young people. Because oh, absolutely. Yeah. So why, why can't they cater any of that halftime show to us? I don't know. I feel like for quite a while now, they're really just, unless they have like an ultra legendary, you know, somebody on there mm -hmm. like the who or whatever, McCartney. It, they just seem to be going for whatever is popular, whoever's big uh, in recent years. It's there. I don't feel like they're, they're just not reaching back too far anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, last night Rihanna, I think she did fine. It 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 was a decent version of what that has become. It's more spectacle and production than anything. Um, and you know, for for something like that, for what they're doing, they chose Rihanna, who has tons of mega hits. So. They really, I mean, it's just one giant medley of those. Mm -hmm. She didn't perform, I think, any songs start to finish. It's no, just, no. You know, sing a, a verse and a chorus of one song, shift around verse, chorus of another song, and on and yeah. on and on. And so that's just kind of how it's working now. So for, for what it is, I think last night was um, interesting enough. I, visually, it was pretty cool to look at the, you know, the platforms you mentioned, the floating plat platforms were fun. Um, the, the dancers, like all of them, male and female were dressed alike. So mm -hmm. it, it's, that was the sheer number of them, you know, working in unison and whatever. I like, I mean, it was fine. It, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't really care that much. So I don't, I, I'm barely watching football at all anymore. So I, I really could not care less, but it's just something to watch, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just get a little grumpy seeing how, I mean, I remember when it happened on the Grammys and it was the mid nineties, 96, 97, they just stopped having any kind of rock. It was after, you know, alternative music kind of hit that heyday and grunge and everything. And, uh, I remember pumpkins were on there, I think, in 96 with Tonight Tonight. After that, it just went, there's mm -hmm. no performances at all on there. And it's yeah. just weird how quickly that changed. Well, they didn't start, you know, being a metalhead that I am. I, they didn't even start really having that category until, what, 89? When yeah. Jethro told took it from Italian. So, so <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you know, and, and now they don't even televise the the medal award. So it, that happens before that. So yeah. it's not. That's not for me. Sometimes it's interesting. My favorite thing on that stuff anymore is like if you pair two acts that you normally wouldn't think of as performing together that can be interesting otherwise i mean it's like it's mostly it's just a production it's you know mm -hmm. it's not for me yeah i mean you always see like kerrang does all these awards for metal and rock and yeah, all yeah. that they need to just do a huge show here in the states and yeah that'd be the one that we watch well they did they were for a while it was that it might have been Kerrang. Somebody was doing, I think they call it the Golden Gods. That was, I think. It wasn't little... that in England? I or think was that one was here. Huh, okay. I don't remember. 
off the top of my head. But yeah, I mean, that would be cool. But even then, that's not going to get like primetime mainstream network air, you know? No, I don't need it to. I just need, and I don't even care yeah. about the awards really. I just care about the performances that could happen all in a two-hour time frame. You get to see all you, the right. people you like performing songs would be really cool. Yeah. So, all right, rant over. Time for show. Are you ready? Are you ready yeah. to have your mind blown with well, what I found tonight? I don't know. Now you got me wishing I ran the world a little bit so you see something we like. No, I think you're gonna get this one. But like I said, I've got a, I've got it. I, normally, I remove the parts that I'm not supposed to say, and I'll put in like the band so I can just read it. I didn't do that, um, so I'm going to try my best. And I've got it in three paragraphs, so I'll just stop at the end of each paragraph, and you can tell me if you have an idea. All right. All right. Let's Lester bangs this. Okay, this album is the light version, the half baked blueprint of what was to culminate in masterpiece. The album after it's peculiar that it doesn't hit as hard since the album already contains the key components of its successor and the unmistakable this band trademark sound we get the frantic speed balls in this these two songs the eerie atmospheric epics in these two songs the questionable excursions in industrial noise land all layered with samples guitar noise and the unmistakable voice of the lead singer uh, that renders this band's music that anarchic, what is it? Anarchist hillbilly nerve that makes them unique. Wow. <laughs> that was a mouthful. Huh. There were a couple of things that I think you could get it from. I mean, you said something about industrial hillbilly anarchist hillbilly it was the industrial industrial noise land layered with samples guitar noise and a distinct voice Hmm. well that brings to mind a couple of things Mm -hmm. maybe white zombie Incorrect. Not a bad choice, though. Not a bad choice. The main problem with the album is that the production is too thin and the repetitive moments too monotonous. This might be due to the age in which the album was released. Throughout 1989, thrash metal was still going strong and death metal bands were pretty much toddlers on the scene. Huh. (laughs) 89... I don't know. Like I, I also was kind of thinking ministry, but I don't think they had an album in 89. I think it was 88 was their last one before Psalm 69. Yeah. I don't know. You just want to take a stab. I mean, I've taken two. (laughs) Oh, was ministry your second? Yeah. Yeah. It was ministry. It's a mind is a terrible thing to taste. And the brilliant, amazing album is, of course, Psalm 69. But the thing I thought when I was reading this, I'm like, the production is too thin. Like, it's what? I I understand what they're saying. I, that it's, it sounds very 80s industrial part of it. Oh, yeah. 
from uh, and going back from there even more so like land of rape and honey i i understand Mm -hmm. i would say that more about that album i think uh mind is a a step forward and then psalm 69 is like full on thickness crazy i still would never call it too thin i i that album is that was probably my first foray into ministry and so it holds yeah special place but classic absolute classic i love that is. burning inside oh awesome song yeah, yeah there were there's another uh, paragraph but you didn't need it you got um it. that was 89 that's what the i couldn't remember but that's what the uh the article says throughout thought it was 88 because then psalm i think was that 91 or 92 Rain there somewhere. I'm trying to think. I was a sophomore, junior in college, so probably 92, unless we just... Let me look real fast. Hey, we have internet. Let's do this. So I say all the time, if only there was some device we could hold in our hand that had the answer (laughs) to everything. (laughs) Okay, so... uh, 89... Okay. 88 was Land of Rape and Honey. Okay. I didn't know they were that close back to back, I guess. Yeah, 92 was song. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my junior year. So. Cool. All right. All right. Well. I, I got it, but I sure wasn't confident about it. <laughs> all right. I mean, when you hear industrial in that time period, I mean, you're kind of limited on the number. But still, anyway. All right. So we're going to get down to business Sistine style. I'm sure she's watching because this was her request that Monday be forced to review a Bob Dylan song. Oh, forced. And she picked a doozy. It's all right, Ma. I'm only bleeding. Yeah. Which is one that he plays pretty consistently live or has through the years. Okay. Um, And cool thing about this is um, back in the 70s, in 76, um, a certain Jimmy Carter quoted this song in his presidential nomination speech. That's pretty cool. Okay. So, all right, I'm going to give you the floor because you have been challenged first. What'd you think? Well, um, you know, I tried to, I hit play, tried to keep my mind open, take it all in and, it really, at the end of it, I felt mostly the way I do about every Bob Dylan song. The lyrics are absolutely brilliant. And, um, but it, it immediately gets with the melody and the structure, and uh, it's like super repetitive. Uh, not really a whole lot of dynamics going on. Um, again, I've said it a million times. I don't like his voice. (laughs) Um, uh, the guitar, the guitar lick is kind of cool, but it, the mix is so bad. They put his voice out so far in front when he starts quote unquote singing, because he's really, it's almost a rap because he's just talking. But when, when he starts when the vocals come in, it's so far out in front, like it buries the guitar 
absolutely buries it. You can barely hear it. Um, song's too long. <laughs> it's like seven and a half minutes. It's way too long. Um, yeah, I, it just, it's like most other Bob Dylan. Not for me. <laughs> and he said it's too long and he's a prog guy, so he can handle length. Uh, yeah, I, I like a long song, but this one is just like the same thing over and over and over. Like the guitar riff never changes. The I don't know. <laughs> so you say you don't like his voice, and then say he's talking. Seems messy, Mundy. <laughs> I mean, he, he sounds the same when he's talking and singing. I guess we'll call it singing. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to say a little bit about why I like the song, but uh, mm -hmm. Facebook user who is trashing Mr. Mundy, I'm going to need a little <laughs> small paragraph about why he should indeed like this song. Uh, so for me, the, the guitar lick that you're talking about, it's, this is really a blues song when you break it down. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me as far as that little lick that he's got going. Um, oh, God. I'm going to leave this one for you, Mundy. Uh, no and no. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's not cute with the nose. Uh, I love the the first stand. I guess it's almost like a stanza because it's very poetic. It yeah. rhymes noon, spoon, balloon, moon. So you know, talk about imagery and painting a picture. That part is uh, just brilliant. And there are some lines that I think became famous as a result of this song. Um, he's not, <clears throat> or <clears throat> excuse me, he's not the... Uh, not busy being born is busy dying. Mm -hmm. uh, that's very famous. And of course that was used by Jimmy Carter in his presidential nomination. It's speech. also it's kind cool. of paraphrased in Shawshank Redemption. Indeed get busy living, or get busy living or get busy dying. Try to Andy Dufresne. <laughs> um, then, then the line that I think is probably the best is, uh, but even the president of the United States sometimes must have to stand naked. Um, being that everybody gets judged by what they do at some point. You may have all the power and you may dictate what's going on, but at some point you will stand before everyone or, you know, stand before God or whatever you, you think or believe. So I, I always thought that line was kind of cool. Um, I, I love the song. This is probably one of my favorite uh, next to Mediterranean homesick blues. That one's just got such a catchy ring to it. I, I, I love that song. I, I've, I've always maintained he's an outstanding lyricist. I just, mm -hmm. I don't, I've never cared for his delivery and I, I, it's just not for me. I, there's no amount of arguing or pointing out this or that. that's going to change that. That's, that is my ear. I don't, I mean, I like lots of weird uh, unique, distinct voices, you know, I mean, Glenn Danzig, Tom Waits, Tom Petty, and on and on. I, I mean, I like metal, screaming, growling, uh, you know, I love a lot of different things. I just, Bob Dylan has never hit my ear in the right way. Yeah. I don't love his voice either, but I think it works in a couple of songs. Um, and he, I didn't even realize he's got, she was playing me some albums uh, or some songs, and some of them he sounds like Elvis. He goes through these phases where he sings differently, which is pretty unique, because most of the time you hear the typical right. Bob Dylan sound. Mm -hmm. And so 
Uh, great song in my estimation. If I were going to score it at home, I'd give it a four and a half out of five. Monday's going to give it a two. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> he didn't fight. He didn't fight. So we're going to go with the two. And here's the question, Monday. Will you listen again? Uh, probably not anytime soon. <laughs> it is a long song, but I kind of like listening just because it's... He just sort of breaks the mold of the typical verse, chorus, verse, chorus, breakdown, you know, verse, chorus kind of thing that a lot of songs have. Um, but... I guess when it's poetry like that, I kind of want to see what comes next. So yeah. I don't ever want to turn that off. Uh-oh. Somebody's very unhappy with this review. Well, that's okay. Music is subjective. You like what you like. No, there are people out there that tell you it's objective. Some songs are objectively just great, and you must <laughs> like them. I would never say that. Because mm. what I like, uh, some people don't. A lot of people don't like what I like, so I'm used to that. Sis, are there um, guilty pleasures in music? No, I, I don't. I don't like the guilty pleasure thing. I don't either. I was asking Sistine what she Yeah, thought. right. I'm just saying, for me, I don't I don't like that. I, you like mm. what you like. Indeed. That's the way I feel, too. All right. Well, that uh, I guess that means we won't be doing an entire Bob Dylan album. Uh, I mean, we could, but I, it's going to sound a lot like my Fiona Apple review, probably. Or Tony's Florida review. Yeah. Neil Young, <laughs> that's another one. I love Neil Young. Not for everybody. Yeah. That's surprising that you would like him, because his voice is a bit odd as well. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hear uh, about a song that you found. Well, so... A few shows ago, <laughs> I haven't found it yet, and I'm kind of not looking for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's like whack-a-mole. It'll just keep popping up. Um, a few weeks ago, I uh, was telling you guys about a band called Leprous that uh, I've just absolutely fallen in love with. They're from Norway. Outstanding band a lot of kind of a little proggy kind of proggy um i've seen actually a lot of metal fans kind of like them so and actually i listened to some of their like older stuff going back a ways is a lot heavier than kind of what they're doing now so that makes sense um their singer uh, einar solberg say that five times fast einar um, solberg einar solberg yeah so he is putting out a solo album sometime soon. I don't have the date on that, but uh, he has released his first single. It's called Grotto. And it is features Magnus. Yeah. Magnus Bormark. Someone I've never heard of. And I tried to look this Magnus Bormark up and he's like, his biggest credit is, uh, he did music for like a movie or something. <laughs> mm. So, but he sings on this song. So, but yeah, um, I, I really love Leprous and Einar Solberg is a big reason for that. I love his voice. Uh, this is another singer is absolutely not for everyone. I don't think my wife really appreciates me listening to this band. Um, <laughs> But his voice is, he sings in falsetto 
quite a lot, um, which can go either way, really. Uh, I love it, and he's able to drop in and out of it at will, and when he's not in falsetto, love his voice. Uh, this song, it's got like a real driving drum and bass groove. There's a lot of build and release, ups and downs, hills and valleys, dynamics, if you will. Um, a lot of layers with the synths. And I, this is a lot of fun. I, I I like these guys. I don't know. I don't know. Something in the water there in Norway. It's a little cleaner or something, but they, they sound sound real good. I'm kind of surprised that Lacey doesn't like his voice. It is a really good voice. Yeah. Super smooth. Like he can go yeah. from just kind of belting it out to the falsetto and back pretty effortlessly. Yes. Uh, yeah. I've only listened to it twice now because you sent it mm -hmm. this afternoon. Um, mm -hmm. But man, it was great. I love that song. Yeah. I, I'm really loving Leprous and I more of him. I'm all good with that. More Einar. Yeah. Is um, <laughs> is there more to this, or is it just a single? Uh, he's got an album coming. I just I don't have a date on it. It's coming soon, but he is doing a whole solo album. Okay. Well, I suggest that we uh, feature it on the show and review it. If I can find a date, we can do that. All right. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be in the usual outlets. I don't know how big they are. Even oh, Leprous, yeah. how big are they in the States? Yeah, all of their stuff is on Spotify. I don't know that they're huge here, but they're all of their stuff's on Spotify. Okay. And that's this single is on there too. Gotcha. I'm seeing some there's an interview, it looks like with the new music coming. Maybe he'll know. I'll watch that later and see if he knows any kind of dates for it. But I hope that's in English and not Norwegian. <laughs> oh, I speak Norwegian. Everything that Wouldn't was that another Dutch? thing when I was trying to look up this uh the Magnus Bormark, everything I found, even his Facebook page, it's all in like Norwegian. So <laughs> it's like it, this is not helpful. What do I do they is it Dutch that they speak? I don't know. I have yeah, no I don't, idea. I don't want to be, you know, stupid, but yeah, there's his Instagram page. He's eating a cracker or something on it. <laughs> <laughs> But he is good, so I will definitely follow up and see what else he's doing. Good find. Yeah. All right. Well, I, too, found something. Um, this little group, many people don't know about them. There's three members. They're from up north, eh? And uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So yesterday, and I didn't post about it. I should have. Uh, I did post about it, actually, eventually. But um, mm -hmm. I was going to post it at midnight. I was still up. It was like 1230. I'm like... Oh my gosh, moving pictures. It's today. I was going to put it out and I didn't do it. But um, so it was the, what would that be? The 42nd anniversary of moving pictures. And uh, that was on Feb 12. And so I was just thinking about this album. And it is, I mean, for most people, it's one or two as far as Rush albums go. And it's got a lot of hits from beginning to end. It's just a solid mm -hmm. record. Yeah. You know, it's got Tom Sawyer on it. And, you know, which is, if you don't know Rush, you at least know Tom Sawyer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But there's a little gem that I think is hidden on this called Witch Hunt. And it's one of four songs that they have about fear. And so um, the first one is The Enemy Within. And th these aren't even recorded in order. 
So this was the first one to come out, but it was part three, which is, you know, just how okay. Rush does things. But anyway, so the enemy within talking about your internal fears and your phobias and your indecisions. And then the weapon, which is external fears, things outside yourself that cause problems. And then witch hunt dealing with, you know, how fear can help control people. And then the last one, which came out years later, was uh, freeze. And it's, you know, fight or flight or freeze uh, kind of situation. And so I think the concept is super cool. And this song is really good. And um, it ends. And there's a couple of really cool lines. And I think it kind of goes along with today being in schools and seeing what's happening with school boards and certain groups coming in and trying to dictate what happens in schools in the name of freedom. (laughs) <laughs> but essentially, it's my freedom is more important than your freedom kind of thing. Exactly. Um, I love this thing. It says, they say there is strangeness to dangerous in our theaters and bookstore shelves. Those who know what's best for us must rise and save us from ourselves. Like it's their job to come in and save us from these this evil literature or whatever it yeah. might be. And um, I just it's right in my face right now and it's really hard to deal with. And then uh, the final lines say quick to judge, quick to anger, slow to understand ignorance and prejudice and fear walk hand in hand. It's just such a cool ending to that song. When did that come out? 81. Okay. So that was kind of right at the beginning of the satanic panic stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a lot of the lyrics you just quoted, I mean, mm-hmm. it kind of makes me think of that as well. Right. But it well, certainly applies to the Moms of Liberty and all that crap that's going on right now. And the purple ones. and But this has been going on since the 50s. Think about all that with the communist scare, the oh, book yeah, burnings yeah. and, and yep. all that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, we, don't, we wouldn't want an educated populace, would we? Yeah. I mean, the 50s, that's also, we're both huge comic fan so that mm-hmm. was you know the whole what is it seduction of the innocent and mm-hmm. all of that stuff and the comics code coming in and everything getting censored and creating those juvenile delinquents yeah and now so. it's you know i mean if you think about you know books are supposed to be a mirror so you read about yourself in a way and so they they want all these books removed from bookshelves about you know gay kids and trans kids and well they need books that mirror their own lives as they're dealing with things to see how somebody else may have dealt with it or give them comfort in that and then people want to just you know these off the shelves it's frustrating i saw something interesting the other day and it was talking about banned books and it was basically it was a picture of like a stack of books that have Mm -hmm. been banned from school libraries mostly and whatever Mm -hmm. and and i mean it's like fahrenheit 451 animal farm 1984 catcher in the Mm -hmm. rides kill a mockingbird but all these i know why the cage bird sings yep they're classics all but they are also one thing they all every single one of them had in common was i mean at the heart of it they're mostly about thinking for yourself Mm-hmm. And that's like the great fear like these people have. They don't want people to think for themselves. They want to control the narrative mm-hmm. and try to shape everything to their own 
you know, way of thinking, whatever. It's just, it's unbelievable. I, I don't understand it at all. That is so yeah. far beyond my way of thinking. It, it, it's just it's incredible. Yeah, it is. And, you know, the, there's a simple answer to it. You know, everyone should have access to these books in the library. If you don't want your child to have access, don't let them read it. Mm -hmm. That's your child, right? I mean, but you can't dictate what's right for yes. my child. Absolutely. Monday's child. And so that's, that's where it gets frustrating. And they have mm -hmm. a right to information. It should be in libraries. I hate the yeah. idea of censorship. It is a slippery, slippery slope. I mean, it's the same thing with TV and radio. If you don't like it, turn it off. Change the channel. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, I yep. mean... That, that you don't have the right to tell me I can't listen to it because you don't like it. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I, you know, I, I don't like what you're doing either, but I mean, I can't stop you. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, Neil, Neil was onto it. Smart. Yes, dude. absolutely. So, all right, you're up. What you got? Let me step down off my soapbox here. Um, we can shift, I think, now into something that we've been watching. Um, <laughs> we've honestly, my wife and I honestly have been watching a lot of uh, pottery stuff. There's uh, on, so we love the Great British Baking Show. Absolutely uh -huh. love it. Absolutely <laughs> love it. So there's a very similar show called the, I, oh, I can't remember the Great Pottery Throwdown or something like that. It's uh -oh. like the it's British. It's the exact same formula, <laughs> but it's just with pottery, and it's so cool. But we've been watching a lot of that. But that's not what I want to talk about. That's funny. But you should have your wife check that out. It's on HBO Max. Uh, we don't have. Well, Clay's got. I can use his login. Yeah. So. So I, I honestly, there's been a few times that I've thought of her because they do like the raku and all kinds mm -hmm. of stuff. So. Awesome. Cool. I'll definitely bring it up. Yeah. But uh, so on Netflix, there's a show and a lot of people in our friend group, I think, have been checking it out. It's called Lockwood and Company. It is fantastic. It, it, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, it's kind of basically it's three British teens who are paranormal investigators. They They all have some kind of psychic power or you know something similar to that um in this world it's like they they allude to this thing that happened they call it the problem and that, that's when kind of all these ghosts and weird happenings and hauntings started happening at some point in time so now they have these investigators that try to stop the ghost you know stop the hauntings it's a, it's a whole thing. It's based on a book series. I think they're like five or six books. Um, it's really this kind of, this show makes me want to check them out. It, I, I believe it's a YA series, but the show is so good. Like I just, I kind of want to listen to the books. But um, uh, one of the guys involved in the show is Joe Cornish, who was, he's like a writer, director. Uh, he did, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Attack the Block. It's a fantastic British movie. Um, Nick Frost, John Boyega are in it. It's hmm. basically uh, aliens invade this 
London neighborhood and they're fighting aliens and it's it's hilarious, a lot of great action. The aliens are really cool. But yeah, Lockwood and Co. That they call it Lockwood and Co. on the show, you know, but you look at it and you think Lockwood and Company, but absolutely no. fantastic. I think it's eight episodes, so not too much of a time involvement. No. Time no, commitment. Nope, very cool. I'll have to what what is that on Netflix? Netflix. Excellent. I do have that. So yeah. We um so we you know, I think we told you know we we're way behind on the whole breaking bad, better call Saul thing. So over dinner, our family dinner nights have been we make food and then we go sit in the living room and we watch two episodes of whatever it was. So we finished all of Breaking Bad, we watched El yep. Camino, and now we're on we finished season five of Better Call Saul okay. last week. At that time, Netflix pulled season six. You now have to pay for it on Amazon what? Prime. It is not out uh, officially on AMC, who now owns all of it, until April 14th or something. So if you mm. want to watch it right now, you have to pay $2.99 an episode or 25 bucks for the season. Wow. So we went ahead and just bought the season because we're not waiting two more months after we just ripped through five seasons in a, no, three weeks. You know, That's funny. To try to finish this thing up. So we got, yeah. we just finished, I think, maybe episode seven or eight. And so we've just got, you know, five or six to go. Yeah, I love Breaking Bad. Um, well, yeah, my wife and I, we both watched all of it. That's one. It, it, it can be a lot like that's one mm -hmm. where you watch a few and then you kind of need to take a break. <laughs> yes. It's intense. Cause it's, it's rough. <laughs> um, but it's so good. So, so good. And, um, I mean the, the a plot, the B plot, the C plot, this character, that character, you know, it, it's mm -hmm. so good. And the way they weave it all together, it's amazing. Um, I, I have watched, whatever is on netflix for better call saul i've seen all of that um i think that is a better show i do too personally i enjoy um, it more yeah and i love that they still bring some of the characters into it mike i love mike he's yeah an awesome awesome character pretty much all the players have been back yeah if you think about it you know yeah. with tuco and salamanca yes. younger yes. not not in the wheelchair yet and yeah um, just great character development of Kim, like yeah. who's a new character, but she man, is she so developed good. over the show. So good. Yeah. And, uh, Michael Chuck, McKeon. his brother. Yes. Oh my God. He's so good. Yeah. What a, he was perfect for that role. Yeah. And I, I actually have not seen El Camino. I need to watch that. Oh yeah. You got to finish yeah. Jesse's story. Yeah. So, um, it was a bit of a letdown. <laughs> no, compared to the two, it was not. It wasn't nearly as good as Breaking Bad, and it's yeah. not even close to Better Call Saul. Yeah. So there you have it. That's what I'm watching. Other than that, oh. I don't watch anything. So at this point. <laughs> All right, what do you have on tap for us in the pages? Yeah, I've talked some comics. Um, I've just got uh, like two or three I wanted to touch on real quick. Um, AWA is a fantastic mm -hmm. indie company. They've been putting out some really quality stuff. Uh, this one just came out like last week, I think, called Black Tape. You can see that. I don't know if you can see it very well, but the cover is by Mike Deodato. Mm -hmm. And I swear, he's doing the best work of his life for this company. He's done several books, lots of covers. 
but when he draws stuff, I feel like he's casting it as he goes. Yes. So this, I don't know, you can't see it real well, but like that's totally Brendan Fraser. Yeah, it is. And this is that's like young Timothy Dalton. And you got like is that Robert Plant? Robert Plant. <laughs> yeah. This is like one of the Charlie's Angels. I don't know. Maybe Jacqueline Smith Kate, or something. Or I don't is it know. Kate Jackson? I can't tell. It's kind of small. Yeah, that but, he does do that a lot. The black tape is really good. It, the first issue is all it's out so far, and it's basically uh, this musician passes away, and his wife is kind of left with this big giant house, and she kind of stumbles upon a secret passageway at the end of the first issue everyone has left after his funeral and she's like kind of digging around and she stumbles in, onto the secret passageway and follows it way deep underground and she comes to this room and it's all painted black and there's like a big pentagram on the wall and it's that's the end of the book and you're like oh like where are we going here <laughs> so it's kind of, again, playing on that satanic panic, you know, like all the rock stars are making deals with the devil or so. Uh, who knows where it's going to go. But the first well, they issue, do. Obviously, Monday, yeah. the rock and rollers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you, we've all seen Crossroads, right? Exactly. So. But, uh, and I'm a big DC fan. I read way more DC stuff than Marvel. Uh, Me yeah, too. Whatever. Uh, I think a highly underrated book that a lot of people aren't checking out is I Am Batman. And this is the Black History Month cover that came out. This is a preview copy. This does not come out until tomorrow. So you will be able to purchase this tomorrow. Um, but uh, it, it follows it's uh, Lucius Fox's son, uh, I think he used to go by maybe Tim, but he goes by Jace now. Like he changed his name. Is he but, the one that uh, used to be in the yellow Batwing? and black? Yeah. No, Batwing. that's a different one. That is a different okay. one. That's his brother. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Because so, I haven't read much. That's Batwing. actually, that's who's on this cover. Like there's Batwing and that's, this is up here is Jace. So. I got you. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, he started, I think it was called the next Batman or something like that. Started out as a mini series. It's written by, uh, John Ridley, who is a mm -hmm. screenwriter, Oscar winning screenwriter, I mm -hmm. believe. Um, but yeah, it started out as next Batman and now the title is called I am Batman, but yeah, so black Batman and this, it's just really solid, good storytelling, just his uh, supporting cast is really good. So his little sister is now kind of trying to be a sidekick. So Batman's going to have a Robin. I don't know what her name is going to be, but it, it's just a lot of fun and it's really good storytelling. I had a revelation yesterday. What's that? So it has to do with Batman and Robin. So I had our, you know, our book club book was sitting there, Death in the Family. Yep. And Marianne was like, what? What is that? And I said, well, yeah, Robin is murdered by the joker and she and then we started talking and she's like what do you mean different different robin and so she <laughs> had no idea that robin was not a person but kind of you know it, it's like a role like batman like somebody could put yeah. on a cowl and be batman you know it's a, 
you know, and, and uh, it's the mantle, right? So she had no idea, and I'm like, everybody knows that, right? I mean, I I assumed everybody just knew that Robins were kind of hanging off. And I said, and I know characters are evergreen or whatever. And I was like, but what if Robin grows up? He can't be Robin anymore. You know, I tried to explain Dick Grayson and Nightwing and all that. Yeah. Well, so last night at the at the Super Bowl, we had a bunch of people over, and we asked the question. Not one person in the room knew that Robin was more than one person over time. Like they just all assumed Robin yeah. was Robin, and well, so I, that was like, really, people didn't know that. That's interesting. I mean, I don't know. I I think that's one of those things where we are so steeped in that lore that when somebody doesn't know about. I even at least like Nightwing, you know, something, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. It does seem odd to us. I mean, Nightwing, what happened in like the early eighties. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you 40 know. years now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. some things I get, I mean, there are some weird things that are obscure. People would know, but I just thought that was mainstream enough that people would, would get yeah. that, but not one person. Yeah. Including Tony. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. that was interesting. I got one more book. If yeah, you're yeah, it's here. That. So again, preview copy. This does not come out until tomorrow. Uh, Gotham City Year One. This is issue number five. And I don't know if you've been checking this one out or not. But I have not. So it's basically, it starts out with, uh, this is issue five. I think it's a six issue series, but um Basically starts out at Slam Bradley. So cool character. Old old timey noirish. Everybody knows Slam Bradley. Pri- yeah, right. <laughs> Private eye type guy, you know. And uh he basically he is old on the verge of dying, and he's meeting with Batman who he knows is Bruce Wayne, and he's kind of telling relating this story to Bruce. So as he's narrating it, he's telling the story to Bruce. And it's basically about I don't know if it's supposed to be his grandparents, his great grandparents, unclear, but because Thomas and Martha don't show up really, but uh, it's just a really cool story about how um, an ancestor of Bruce Wayne's was kidnapped and kind of how slam got involved with it and all these twists and turns i mean it's basically a noir detective story it's very very cool very well done who's the art uh, uh phil hester actually hester, okay yeah so he's been around for a long time and yep. it's tom king doing the writing so that's usually not a bad thing but it's it's a lot of fun cool cool noir stuff tom king yeah he's done a lot right now yep so very, very cool. Um, yeah, I'm not reading a ton of Batman. I read every Superman book, and then yeah. in Batman's world, I read it all Robin. So, yeah. but um, there's just too many good books to get them all. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And not enough time to read them all either. This, this is true. Sadly, I'm gonna quit my job soon just so I can read. It's a coming. Um, so yesterday, I posted a picture I'd redone my my little naruto section over there with the pops and everything i know you commented on it so you saw that at the bottom i've got like four full years of the shonen jump books which naruto appeared in yep and um i have the the individual books that that came out it has like seven issues 
per one of those books, but that's how they came out with the books. The Shonen Jump ones were like one big 40-some issue story each month, and there are multiple in there. And it made me start thinking. I was looking at this, and so here is one of those issues, and this was four ninety-five. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, people always talk about, well, why do kids read manga and not comics? And there's lots of reasons. You because know, you get that much for five bucks five. instead of, yeah. At the time, at the same time this came out, all comics were between two fifty and $4. Yep. So you get two copies, you get 40 pages for the same price as a couple hundred. Right now, this which is probably a 20 to 22 page story is five bucks. Right. Same price as all that. <laughs> so, I mean, that's part of the story. Um, obviously these have beginnings and ends, so they don't feel lost. And you're dealing with, you know, in the terms of Batman or Superman, you know, you're dealing with 80 years of, of continuity or not continuity, but stories yeah, to, right. that they reference and think about. So you kind of feel left out as a new reader. I get that. Uh, but it was just interesting, and I, I hadn't really paid attention until I picked this up and looked at it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, what a bargain. And you got <laughs> cards in it, too, you know, for Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> or for whatever game you were playing, Magic. One of them, if you still have it in there, the Blue Eyes White Dragon makes one of these books pretty expensive, if you can find it. And it's still <laughs> intact. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. And I do have, over there, and I built a box for it. The first appearance of Naruto in Shonen Jump 43 nice. in Japanese, and it's a bit salty now. So <laughs> I got on that train early enough. So and they're fun stories. They're just way more visual. I think that's yeah. another reason why the stories are breezier and faster. Um, they're much more visual medium, I think, than even our American or Western comics. Yeah, I, uh, I you know, my oldest son, he's like obsessed with the anime and mm-hmm. uh that's what him and all his friends i think that's how they spend most of their times sitting around watching anime but uh i i what did i i just watched i love the uh dc does all these animated movies mm-hmm. you know and they're all on hbo max mm-hmm. i just watched the catwoman i think it's called catwoman hunted and uh it, it's uh, got a Japanese director. It's very much the anime style. And usually when I see that, I'm like, mm, I may not like this, but it was really good. I like that one a lot. Which anime cool. style? Because there's a couple of different versions. There's the one that's all, oh, it's hard to explain. Like some are, are not as, I guess, not forced, but yeah. um, there's a I look to them. I don't watch enough anime to know. Really, I would say it's a, a very Americanized anime, mm-hmm. but it definitely it has that look, it has a very Japanese look mm-hmm. animation. Um, but it's not like the yeah, there's not a lot of super crazy, you know, uh, motion lines and everything mm-hmm. moving fast and all. It's not like that really. But so, but uh, yeah. it, it is directed by a, a Japanese director. So. Yeah, I'm cool. really hoping they they've talked about doing live action Naruto. I hope it gets picked up on a place where they can do it, you know, okay. in, uh, as a series. And they, yeah. they the original creator it would be involved. Mm-hmm. But I've got a couple of people who are watching it now. I don't know. I don't think they've read it, but so that so everything is new. Mm-hmm. One will come into work 
and he'll be like, oh my God, like a part just happened. And then I'll wake up in the morning to text super long with the reaction to think <laughs> people are crying. And so it, it is one of my favorite, like actual, just take out the, the genre. It's just yeah. one of my favorite stories. Ever. Yeah. It is just one of the most complete things. It's I think uh, Justice, my son, I think he's working through, is it One Piece maybe? That's, over, that's like 1,100 episodes. Uh-oh. I think I lost what? you. I lost you for a second there. Yeah. You're back now. You're back now. <laughs> You're blurry. Are you anime over there? That's <laughs> <laughs> moving too fast. Yeah, that's right. Cat-like and cagey. That's never a problem. <laughs> oh. Well, do you have anything else? I don't think so, man. I think that kind of covers what I'm into right now. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Um, yeah, and then for me, Superman books just kind of re-kicked off. He got back from War World, right. and he's got two little kids with him now um, that he brought back with him. And so he's got two kids living in the house, with him and Lois. And then John's kind of off doing his thing. He's going to mm -hmm. have his own book. So lots of cool things going on in the Superman oh, corner Oh, I got something. Uh, the Flash trailer last night. Oh, yeah. So I thought I heard that they were cutting Keaton out of all of that. That's what I heard, too. Holy crap. That whole ad was Michael Keaton. <laughs> and um, Ben Affleck. Yes. Was in there. It looked the, like the Supergirl with the short, short hair. Yep. And I would say it looked like Christian Bale Batman was in there because he was on that bike. Mm -hmm. um, but the whole thing, it, like people are getting so excited. I'm like, why do we care? It goes away afterwards. This is like a, I mean, it'll be fun to watch it, but it's going to be yeah. one and done. This all disappears yes. when Gun takes over. So, yeah, so you've got Flash, what what else? Blue Beetle, there's like a couple more things. Aquaman 2. Shazam. Shazam, and then that's it. Then it, everything mm -hmm. resets. Yep. But, I, you know, this, I swear, I wish you could take out Ezra Miller somehow, because that whole thing just bums me out. I know. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I'm going to see this movie, so... Mm -hmm. Uh, just for everything else we just mentioned. <laughs> see did you how, see how, the how all that works? Did you see the trailer for Guardians? Uh, I haven't watched it. Yeah, oh, there are going to be tears in that one. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it looks heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. This was even more heartbreaking than the other yeah. one was. Mm -hmm. So whew. I mean, just so, right at the beginning, you know, you got uh, Quill so just laying there, like a little sad and whatever. But you know, yeah, I haven't watched. The whole thing yet yeah it's you'll dig it it looks really good so of the two obviously i'm more invested in guardians than this flash movie i'm but, sure it'll um, be great if, if they break out a cosmic treadmill i am so in <laughs> <laughs> if they do it they won't yeah so this movie's coming out and then the flash tv show is gearing up for its final was mm -hmm. like the ninth season yep so yeah Lots of flash out there if you want it. There is. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up tonight. And we have no idea what we're doing next week. We'll figure it out. We'll find some music <laughs> to check out at some point. Mr. Mundy, you know what time it is. Don't time you? to go away. Time to go away. I should have like left the studio right then. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, find me on Instagram at Metalhead Monday, just my handle on the show. Say hi. Talk music, comics, whatever. Yeah, I want cats. you I want somebody to say hi. I have a cat. We can talk cats. You know. <laughs> oh, by the way, I got a shout out yesterday on Instagram. Oh. From Mr. Kevin Rader. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he said which one was his favorite song on that record. Like, oh, nice. Nice. He is a smart man. And you can um, find you can find me just playing Paul at the Phoenix Supernova on <laughs> Oops. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, um, what was it? I oh I commented on something that George Hodge posted, and uh yeah, he said he told me thanks for the shout out on the show. So I don't know if he was listening yes. or somebody told him about it. <laughs> yeah, it, um there was a there was one on SoundCloud. One of his responses. Um, he responded to that one. Let's see. Oh. <laughs> Even though I feel wounded by Monday's words, I'll be back next time to watch. <laughs> well, she's free to come on and, you know, rebut my nonsense if she wants. But yeah, you hear that? It's not going to change my mind. <laughs> you can come on and you get four minutes. We're timing you and you can prove him wrong. Put the clock up there. That's right. And you can find me at Foggy Spell on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Isn't that fun? You know where you can find the show? On Facebook. Uh-huh. On right. SoundCloud. Uh-huh. Uh, we do this live nonsense on YouTube and the Kokomo Lantern, I think, yep, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stitcher, CastBox, Apple Music, Spotify. You nailed them. That's it. Got it all. Okay. There's no excuse not to be listening. We're charming. We're hand. We're charming, and we're on a lot of channels. So you should definitely check us out. So, uh, thanks for coming by and listening tonight, everybody. And we will see you hopefully on Sunday night. We didn't go last night. Clearly, there would have been nobody paying attention. I'm tell- I said it. I think we could have competed in the ratings. I don't know, but whatever. Play it safe. Yeah. Well, if they knew that terrible halftime shows coming maybe they would have turned over to us <laughs> we could have shown them what real content was all about all right we're okay. out of here <laughs> bye now bye.